0: beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy
1: it's your boy i am an atlantean ascendant
0: and we are your oscar crouches and welcome (laughs) back to the oscar podcast thursday show thurs where we take a look at the oeuvre of a one oscar winner and knower of cinema mr martin scorsese and what are we watching this week zach
2: this week we are watching wolf of wall street which is a Coke and Quaalude fueled fever dream, tromping
0: through greed and debauchery. Excellent. This is everybody's first time watching this film. No, 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 for me. Yes. Oh, first time. Uh, Zach Trav, do you remember the first time you saw this?
3: Yeah, um, in my living room, like what six years ago.
2: Okay. I didn't see this in theaters, but I saw it shortly after it came out on like DVD or streaming or something back in uh, 2014, probably.
3: What
0: about you? I saw it at the theaters. You lucky duck. Yes. Yes, it was a wonderful time had by all. (laughs) All right. Hey. Hey. We got an Oscar breakdown. All right. Wolf of Wall Street nominated for Best Picture. Loses to 12 Years a Slave. Martin Scorsese. Nominated for Best Director. Loses to Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. Boo.
3: Mm. Uh,
0: Boo. Leo, not nominated for Best Actor. What a rip. Yeah.
3: Hold on, he's not?
0: Oh, no, no. I'm sorry, he was. I was going to say, okay. I thought he was. I I overlooked his name here somehow because he's sandwiched in between Edge of 4 for 12 Years a Slave who didn't win. And Bruce Dern for Nebraska, who I just kind of got stuck on his name because Bruce. So Dern. tell was... tell us who did win. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey somehow won did.
3: for Dallas Buyers Club, and that movie is great, but this motherfucker did not deserve to win. No.
1: Hold on, hold just... on. The Leo was nominated for best actor for this movie.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Dude, uh...
0: Are you, are, you, are you trying to insinuate you don't think so? You don't think you deserve No, I, I,
1: <laughs> wasn't that great? Like, I don't know. He just played a drug addict.
0: Okay. We'll get into that. We'll get into, we'll
3: that, get again. into that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Our best supporting actor go, uh, goes to Jared Leto. So for some reason, uh, beating out Jonah Hill for the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm.
3: Crazy. And, and hold on, you got to mention what Jerry Leto won for.
0: Uh, Dallas Buyers Club.
3: Of course, this is insane to me. This... Yeah, uh,
0: Barcod Opti should have won that for Captain Phillips. That's me. Uh, best adapted screenplay goes to The Wolf, or not goes to Twelve Years a Slave, beating out Wolf of Wall Street. Terrence Winter, of course, creator of Boardwalk Empire, getting nominated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moving down, moving down. All right. That's it. That's our Oscar breakdown. Okay. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, let's talk about Wolf of Wall Street.
3: Okay,
2: Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Well, we oh So our we got. guest
2: here, he, he, he works in sales. So I
1: did for a time. For, yeah.
3: Time long, long ago.
1: Uh, it's been like eight months since I've been in the game.: Gotcha. But yeah.
3: Now were you pushing penny stocks?
1: No, okay. I was trying to sell like home remodeling to people who came to me.
2: But you were identifying with some of the, uh, I guess, some of the attitudes or the behaviors. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, I don't know. And initially, when it was when young Leo was was fresh in the game and he sat down with whoever the fuck he thought his boss was at the start of the movie.
3: That's Mark. And he's like,
1: yeah. And he was like, Oh, we're going to sell them like, uh, you know, an actual useful product and all that shit. Mm -hmm. I relate to that because when you're selling somebody, something you want to believe
0: in it. Right.
2: Typically, if you're a good person.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sell wine and I don't believe in that shit, so <laughs> <laughs> probably want but that then, in my job.
1: But then he he starts to get into the like, oh, what if we can cut corners here and there and I can make my life better? I
0: it's
1: that's typical
0: of corporate America.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. All right,
3: well, Nothing uh... new,
0: you know. Upton Sinclair wrote The Jungle in what, nineteen twenty nine, so Yeah so trav, yeah let's see
2: let's, let's get some of your uh well, yeah, feelings let's, here
3: let's dive into what we normally do up here, and that's talk about how incredible Martin Scorsese is at adapting one story into a cinematic masterpiece is something that he does every single week. The cinematography is out of this world, of course, of course. um I love the shots through uh. The office, like when they're walking around, like the moving shots through the office are just absolutely phenomenal. Kind of like when uh, we saw The Color of Money and, you know, those pool hall shots mm-hmm, kind of yeah. doing the same thing here. Or like the after-hour shots at the end of the movie when he's in the office.
2: Mm,
3: um, yeah, Yeah. a lot
2: like, of it seems like almost unnecessary. but un-
3: No, but it's very necessary yeah. for this movie because... Yeah from scene 1 of this movie you kn- you I don't think anybody realized what kind of ride they were about to be on until the movie started you were like okay I did not know I was about to watch this fucking wild ride <laughs> for 3 hours um yeah, it's crazy
1: god and it was 3 hours
3: why is every scorsese film 3 hours Oh, I wish we would have gotten Hugo for
0: three hours.
3: Well, you know, we got we got this for three hours and honestly, man, it could have went longer for me and I still would have been yeah. I still would have been hooked. Um we're definitely gonna have to circle back to this this Leo thing because this guy's fucking performance in my opinion is out of this world phenomenal. My Good
0: God, God, he's he's pulling out all
3: everybody's this. is. Jonah Hill is so fucking good in this movie too.
0: And as a fan of Jonah Hill and Moneyball, somehow he he tops himself he in tops Moneyball. This. In this mm-hmm. film. He's Absolutely. so fucking good in this movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, I I have to agree. I uh I mean, I know some people may not have mixed feelings on Leo or, or something, but you know, I I think he's pull, pulling out all the stops. So Yeah. I, I, I think he was probably the best performance this year, honestly.
3: Absolutely. I agree. It's the best performance in that. I category.
0: don't agree, but he's up there for me.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, this I feel like this movie is uh, like surprisingly funny. Like I, I, I never think about it as being as funny as it is, but it's like it's
0: a very crude. dark comedy. Oh,
3: yeah. bro, this movie's fucking hilarious. It's like you know how y'all talk about King of New York being funny or a king of comedy. Being funny, not—I always say, King of New York, King of comedy, being funny—and I'm like, yeah, not really. No, you're the this one who talked about it, big. This is dark I'd... humor, right here. <laughs> this shit is hilarious. Um Again, dude, the scene when the pills, the lemons, finally kick in when he's at the payphone and he has to crawl to his car. Yeah, just fucking hilarious the whole time and you know just him being like you know I drove slow I made it all the way home and then they show how he actually made it home and it's just he fucked this whole car the whole way home dude it's so good yeah
1: I do I do appreciate the fact that the slimy salesman is an unreliable narrator yeah.
2: which is,
1: <laughs> Which is something that pissed me off about that. Like, dude, I I was in sales for years and I tried to be as accurate as I possibly fucking could. Mm. And I still had people come at me and be like, you lied to me. And I was like, no, I I told you what I was told, what I researched. Mm -hmm.
3: So that makes me wonder, after he sells these stocks what do the people do
1: right and they're stocks that are local business oh no they're not big business
3: right Mm -hmm.
1: like they what's wrong with him selling stocks with two dudes running a business out of their garage
2: Yeah. yeah
3: yeah i don't know anything about the legalities of what I mean, morally wrong, sure, you know, but what's it called? I don't know the legalities of what exactly he did wrong and stuff. I want to know how he got away with it for so long if he was scamming this many people. And they make it seem like, you know, the amount of money he made is like unreal. So I'm like, yeah, how did he make that much money for that long scamming this many people before something was done about it? Like, that's what I don't understand.
1: Bro, you get paid, you get laid. I hope he brought those local businesses up. That's all I gotta <laughs> say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I um don't completely understand. I I'll I'll admit I never will play the stock market because I feel like even now with regulations, it's just a scheme unless you have big money to begin with and you can play the market like you're supposed to. But, I don't know.
1: He had the same facial profile as Elon Musk. That that was my other thought. Yeah, I could see it.
3: Um, Something I wish they would have did, kind of like, they do this in, like, I mean, I'm, they did it in Goodfellas, too, where at the end of the movie, they kind of go through everybody and be like, this is what happened to them. I wish they would have told us, you know what happened to some of the guys that were working there you know like you just don't i don't know what happened to any of these dudes in real life like did they go to prison for 20 years or you know because he got off with a slap on the wrist you know what i mean so
1: right what happened to his uh hype man
3: yeah yeah i don't know what happened to johnny's character like so yeah I take it yeah. nobody else seems to know because somebody's chiming in. So <laughs>
0: no, I can't say that I do.
2: I think one of the things about you know the comedy of this film, you know, there's a lot of crude humor and things that you know, not not talk about political correctness or whatever th- jokes that most decent people wouldn't say. But these aren't decent people, so that's how you get away with making those kind of jokes by having them
3: no, said I, by I, shitty I feel like people. people- I feel like everybody made these kind of jokes in the 80s, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, like, that's most true. That's I don't true. think it's, it was just rich white dudes making these jokes. Like, poor white dudes was making these jokes, too, and talking like it, this. So. Especially
0: when there's, like, the four of them sitting around the table just saying all the derogatory things about little people. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the, is
3: hilarious, though.
0: The,
1: the old 50-year-old that I work with, like, uh, he tells me gay jokes all like all day. It's mm. yep,
2: just the culture. But like when when he, uh, Jordan confronts, uh, what is Jonah Hill's character's name? Uh, now I forget him. But when he confronts him about, like, I heard you're married to your cousin. <laughs>
3: oh god! <laughs> oh yeah, dude, that was so hilarious. Just, uh, I think
1: Jonah Hill was the cousin fucker,
3: right? Yeah, Donny Azoff. Yep. Yeah. The way he um
2: just the the way they deliver things so' uh, it's straight they deliver them straight that's what makes it so funny because they're just like saying these things and not trying to be funny I mean right in the in the my brain it's not working went to the
1: dead zone huh yeah in in the heat of the moment
2: Tell me what happened. <laughs>
1: It was the heat of the moment.
0: <laughs> Shine your eyes. Sorry, I I got really odd to what happened to a uh, actual Donnie. David oh, you did? Porush. Okay. Uh, apparently, in 2014, Porish and five other personnel of the Medicare company were named in a whistleblower lawsuit alleging fraudulent Medicare claims. The case was initially dismissed in federal court for lack of specific proof However, the lawsuit was refiled and was accepted for federal court when the initial whistleblower was joined by two more former Medcare employees alleging the company of defrauding the federal government. The lawsuit alleged that telemarketers under the guidance of Porish, made unsolicited calls to citizens and used high-pressure sales tactics to push them to accept medical supplies that they may not want nor need. On January. On January 14th, 2015, Federal Bureau of Investigation Agents, Florida Fraud Department, and local police raided the office of Medicare Diabetic and Medical Supplies in Boca Raton and moved boxes of files. On January 16th, 2015, the attorneys the attorneys, attorneys good job, for Medicare filed a motion in court to disqualify the whistleblowers' attorneys for professional conflict of interest. So apparently just all the same old shit.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Mm.
3: it's <laughs> crazy how much money these guys had to pay back though. Wow. I don't know how restitution works I don't know like if the government pays back the people and then you pay back the government or how that yep. works but
1: just for people passing money around
3: yep. it's just crazy so, to me the little amount of j- jail time these guys are serving for hundreds of millions of dollars in quote unquote fraud like
2: yep yeah Uh, and, and this was, this was, you know, before a lot of regulation, I guess. So like if, if that's today, it seems like they get punished more like after the 08 collapse and stuff, it seems at least like some people have been, not everybody that should have been, but at least some have been held more responsible for it. Yeah. But you know, this movie was actually very successful at the box office too. I didn't realize how successful it was. uh, Also,
1: who who watches the Watchmen? Who calls out? Who does fraud? Like the American government is calling out the wolf of Wall Street once he starts to collapse. Hmm. Once he stops making them money, potentially, and stops being successful is when they start to crack down on him
0: or or it's a lot like when the um when that whole GameStop stock thing right, was going yeah, on right, was it last right. year. Yes, where when the have-nots try to become the haves, that's when right. we start calling out fraud.
3: Right. Yes.
0: Mhm.
2: Yeah. I think this is probably um Marty's wildest movie too. Like there's, Oh yeah. Like <laughs> In your 70s, directing a movie like this is, is insane. I mean
3: I don't think it's his most wild though. I still think I still think Goodfellas is a much more wild film than this. This has more drug <laughs> use, but nobody's committing hellacious, murderous acts in this film. Like yeah. I still I still don't think this movie tops Goodfellas as far as wild. Like I agree. I
2: can, I can see that. It's got more mm-hmm. sex parties, though.
0: I hey. This this is this is more like the spiritual cousin to Goodfellas, though.
2: Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: I, I was gonna say it. It has more like nudity, and <sighs> it has less obvious violence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it it's kind of like a more magazine friendly version of Goodfellas.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Okay, huh. mm-hmm.
0: buy that for a dollar.
1: Now you, well, because even even with them being like, oh, here's the hardcore drug usage, that they, they only portray it as, oh, I was drunk one time and I drove my car into a fucking, like, ledge.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and other cars and mailboxes and... Which, I mean, dude, yeah, I, I
1: I've been with people who have been just drunk and done that shit.
0: Yeah, they exist. They're out there. Yeah, right. All right. anybody get anybody else got any
3: more notes about this
0: movie?
1: Yeah, I don't know. What I'm trying to make.
3: Yeah. Um. My. I'm. I'm just gonna say it, dude. Cause man, Mar- Margot Robbie is just so insanely fucking hot in this film. All I could think about was God. I can't wait to see her as Barbie. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just such the perfect casting. Like. Hey.
0: Yeah, i'm so excited for that movie. God,
3: i can't wait to see her as barbie oh yeah i know we're not going to get any nudity in this barbie movie but you know <laughs> who didn't take the clothes off their barbie doll all the time so we kind of get you know if you <laughs> if you want to look back at this film you know naked barbie
2: yeah i had uh a friend um <laughs> i i don't think i've told this story of the naked fireman on um Shh. the podcast no no but <laughs> It was a game I played when I was like seven for some reason. It's a
3: game you played? Naked (laughs) Fireman. Naked Fireman? fireman? Me
2: me and my best friend, we would – there was a my-size Barbie (laughs) in the upstairs of my great-grandmother's house. (laughs) (laughs) And we would pretend like the house was on fire. (laughs) And and we'd have to run upstairs. And to save the Barbie, we had to take our clothes off and – Kiss her and like insinuate whatever we thought, I guess, at the time was uh
3: huh. This is incredible
2: sexy activity, and we this called it Naked guy. Fireman.
3: Now, get my sister nut. had a uh, life size Barbie too in her room. Now, I didn't get naked, but you know, she gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was there. <sighs> I love it, yeah. Naked Fireman, yeah.
2: but yeah, no, I, I think sometimes about the picture of um. You know when, when she's sitting on the floor with her legs spread, he was crawling towards her, and there's like you know a picture of Marty like directing that scene. That's just so it's so funny to me.
3: Oh, I've never that. seen this picture.
2: No, yeah, I'll have to share it with you later.
3: Yeah, definitely show me this picture because I need to see that. Because is she really nude under there? Because they only show it for a split second, but I I doubt it. <laughs> well, hey dude, what's it called? Yeah, you don't know how far she was willing to take it. You know what mm, I mean? Pretty they naked. They they have that camera go so fast with her legs spread that I don't know if she's wearing what? Do, what do they call them when it looks like you're naked but you're not because it like matches your skin tone?
0: The, the skin tone panties.
3: Yeah, or whatever. I don't know if she's wearing those because I mean I'm not like I'm not ten. You know I'm not pausing the DVD. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I don't know, but they do it so quickly. I mean, you know, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? Well, well they know. <laughs> they. A lot of other people know.
0: All right. Well, we're going to get on to our, worsty judgments. judgments? Uh, all right. So this is where we ask, where's this sitting on our Thursese rankings? So yeah, Mr. Atlantis, uh, Where's the sitting on your Scorsese rankings? Yeah, Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck.
1: Chris, ah, uh, come back to me in about forty-five seconds because I have to remember all of the Scorsese films that I've seen.
0: All right, Zach, will you go ahead and start us off then? Okay.
2: So this is a a movie that I actively enjoy. This is actually only my third time seeing it. I. You know, I kind of jump around thinking about what I should rate it. But I honestly do love it. And I gave it five stars. And I have it at number six. Right behind Hugo. And in front of Casino.
3: Nice. Okay. All right. I'll I'll take uh, the next one. I mean, again, if you're a fan of Martin Scorsese and you're looking at this film, it's like, I don't know what more you could want in a film. If you're into what Scorsese does, this is it. And it's crazy that this is his next movie after Hugo.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean?
3: Just insane. And the movie before Hugo was Shutter Island. So Mm -hmm. just an insane three string of movies for this guy. But who else besides the goat can do something like that? And I ranked a five star as well. Um, There's literally nothing wrong with this film, the only complaint that anybody could possibly have is a three hour runtime. And you know, that depends on somebody's, uh,
2: what what's you, one looking what for you ability want to, spend
3: to with sit it. there and Yeah. Watch a film for that long. So yeah, five stars. I got it at my number five spot, right under Goodfellas, right above gangs in New York. All right, Paul, what you got it at?
0: Uh, all right. So, uh, I also gave this five stars. I think this is an incredible film uh i have a fun time i think i rated it way too low when i first saw it because i was maybe being too serious about film who knows um (laughs) film should be fun this film is fun it's a great uh great look at corruption and greed and what not to do if you are given any modicum of ability to uh to to use your Hour, uh, I guess. I, I was I was trying to think of charisma to yeah win, yeah to win people over. Uh, I think Scorsese's just too good at this. Uh, this uh, with Trav, this could have been seven hours long, and I, it would have been still the most fascinating film I've ever seen. Apparently, there is a four-hour cut, and I want to see the four-hour cut. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, uh, I I gave it five stars. This is sitting at my number eleven. <laughs> I put it right under After Hours. God, that movie's so good! It's oh, a, that's a
2: that's a nice uh, double feature.
0: Mm-hmm. That, is, that is very good. All right, and oh, that's it for me. What,
3: what's it above? I'm interested, real quick. Oh, uh, uh,
0: Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire.
3: Okay. The the first episode of that.
0: So Terrence Winter got a one-two punch right there at eleven and twelve. Right there,
3: gotcha. there it is. All
0: right. So
2: to our Mister Atlantean descendant, uh, if if you don't have to rank it necessarily, but do you have a, a Scorsese film that you do enjoy?
1: Okay. So I would give it a three out of five because it uh, it was accurate and it wasn't, and we'll never know how accurate it was. It's also two hours too long. Um, probably Goodfellas. And I'm just always gonna compare them to uh, Kurosawa films.
0: Okay, sounds good to me. All right, we're gonna call it there. Uh, Anywhere that uh, people can follow you online. No,
1: (laughs) no presence. Nor do I care to.
0: All right, Trav, where can people find you on the media social?
3: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter, as you know, at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. We're also on Letterboxd. I'm ranking. I'm ranking my daily movie watches. And outside of Wolf of Wall Street, this week, your boy watched. Actually, you know what? Tonight, I watched the new Zombies 3 on Disney Plus with the girls. Fire, as always. I love these damn Disney musical movies. Nice. nice.
0: Zach, where can people follow you?
2: Find me on Critic or Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, or Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman.
0: Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, where I am r- having a running tally of all the films that I watched. And tonight I watched Lightyear, nice. which I found very charming.
3: Can't wait to watch that this weekend.
0: Do not understand... Any any of the reaction to this film in the public, it's really good.
1: Th- okay. Thank you guys for inviting me. And oh, I'm sorry absolutely. if I made an ass of myself.
3: <laughs> oh, it's
0: fine.
2: It's, it's good hey, to have a you know a differing opinion. We sometimes we align <laughs> a lot on Scorsese. So easy to do.
0: Alright. Zach, what are we watching next week?
2: Next time we're watching Thursay's commercials. There's a number <laughs> of them here, so come back and find out what they are. Most of them are YouTube.
0: Yeah, you available. can see them all on YouTube. Yeah, and that's where I watch, including
2: his American Express ones, which are real fun.
0: Yeah, fan of those. All right, Trav, thank you for producing our show. Find um, Trav on our sister podcast, Loving Up a Benjamin Banks. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. Today. Uh, we'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarsThePod and on Facebook at the Oscars the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The algorithm of Quailers. So for the Atlantean Descendants, Zach, Trav, and what uh... the oh, The bevy of other amazing directors that popped up in this movie, like Rob Reiner. Oh, uh, yeah. John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau and the great Spike Jones.
3: Spike Jones.
0: Oh, yeah. All have a damn
3: fine day.